1: Welcome, 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 welcome. So happy to be here. Is 2021 really almost over? Oh my, I can't believe it. And probably neither can any of you. We thought we'd basically struggle to get through 2020. And it's a year later. We're still trying to come out of that tunnel, that dark place. But we are doing really well all over the world. And I'm so happy to report that. Today is November 15th, the 319th day of the Gregorian calendar. I always say a shout out to Greg, Gregory, Greggy, whatever your mommy called you. We like your calendar. Yes, we do. 46 (laughs) days left in 2021. And that means if you want to go to a liquor store real in person online, the shelves are going to be empty soon because we're getting ready for a big blowout on New Year's Eve. So order something now or... (laughs) <laughs> if you're going to be making Kahlua in the sink in your garage or in your private sink somewhere in your house and you don't want anybody to know, start making the Kahlua now. It takes time for the flavors to melt. And if you're actually going to start creating some kind of whiskey or what used to be prohibited liquor in a still in your backyard or in the bathtub, start now because it takes a while. So you'll be ready. The zodiac sign is Scorpio. Those of you who are Scorpios, including somebody near and dear to me in my family, you're brave, you're loyal, you're honest, you're intelligent, but... <gasps> (gasps) There's always a caveat. You can be suspicious, envious, and even possessive. Oh, my. No, this is not a therapy show. Uh, Today, I have called this episode a very interesting (laughs) thing. I'm calling it the sights, the sounds, the images of creativity. I have four (laughs) people on the show today. I'm very happy to have them here, the words, the sounds, and the images. And that covers everything we're going to be talking about today. So I'm going to read a very, very brief bio from each of my guests. We are According to what I see on my screen, we're live streaming. Streaming on, we're live screaming If I yell any louder on Facebook, and so to fa- everybody, wave hello to Facebook. Come on, and you'll introduce yourself. Hey. In second. and I have a, a task for my guests. We have to do this at the beginning of the show. I'm going to count to three, and you're going to join me in saying hello. L L L. Are you ready? One, ready. two, three. Hello. Hello. L. 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 L oh. She probably feels really good about that. That's lovely Lanky that. Laura Leggs, our most loyal listener. But she doesn't live in London, so I'm taking up a fake GoFundMe to move her to London because she lives in Whitestone and that's just not <laughs> a sexy L word. So we're just trying. I offered her Larchmont, which is near white stone. She said, no, that's not good enough. So we're going to try and move Laura. So thank you. Laura always listens. And I will tell all of you that at approximately 8.01 or 8.02 p.m. Eastern, she will email me with a little snippet of what she learned from each of you. And she will tell me how wonderful you all were. She's been doing this for years. That's why she's my most loyal listener. Let's go around the table. I'm going to introduce you briefly. Just wave hello. And then I'm going to go and put you each on camera view and ask you to give us a more in-depth introduction of yourself. Remember, we're talking in about three-minute soundbites, so we get lots of options to hear from all of you. First up, Cathay Retta. Cathay, you can wave hello. She has a 35-plus-year career in adult literacy, and she's the author of a lovely book called Keep Walking, Your Heart Will Catch Up. When I read the name of your book, Cathay, my heart stops for a second. It's so beautiful. She made a pilgrimage to the Camino de Santiago in Spain, Alone, Three years after her beloved husband died. So Cathay is going to talk about creativity of healing. She's going to talk about creativity of putting yourself back together, putting one foot in front of the other, and the concept of Camino, which is pass or road or something in a forward direction. So, Cassie, so happy to have you here, and we'll get to you in just a minute. Next up, a lady who was introduced to me by a very interesting lady who I always appreciate, Grace McCormick, and this lady's name is Ruth Mendelsohn. I have so much to say about her, but I can't fit it all on the show. Ruth, we need a whole hour for you. She is a New York Times critic's pick an Emmy nominee, composer, producer, arranger Ruth Mendelsohn. She's been writing award-winning scores, musical scores for documentaries, HBO, National Geographic, Discovery Channel, Disney, PBS, can I go on, CBS, more, oh NBC, ABC, you name it. She has created multimedia soundscapes and surroundscapes, and Ruth will tell us about that, for more than 25 years. I thought you were only 25. She started in the womb. She's the first woman, get this, the first woman to teach in the film scoring scoring department at Berkeley College of Music, which is a huge achievement, Ruth. And she is a novelist, a studio musician, and she produces audiobooks for none other than Dr. Jane Goodall. We're going to hear the story about you setting up a sound studio in a hotel room with pillows and blankets. <laughs> so, Ruth, you do what you got to do. That's called creativity. Thank you for joining. And last but not least, I have a couple sitting on the left top of my screen here. Anessa, why? we got to find out what the why means. Hello, Anessa. Anessa Morrison is a full-time artist and the founder of Healing Through Art RX, which in itself is very creative. The only guided healing program using fine art for right brain Immersion. Her work is created for the ease of using 15, and she'll describe them to us, distinct looking techniques she has used to heal her own lupus. We're very happy to have you, Anessa. And with her is her husband, Bill Morrison. He's not sure what he does. He just told me he's creative every time he wakes up and says, I'm a creative person. He's the co-founder and meditative guide of Healing Through Art RX. He built a beautiful art studio for his wife, Anessa. He served in the United States Air Force. He was a linguist and a computer operator. Bill and I have something in common. Although mm-hmm. I was a programmer, you would have been my operator he's a lead singer for two bands in a past life country western and some other kind of music and he's a healing shaman or do we say shaman bill do we say shaman shaman Shaman, thank you very much and the operator of a naturally organic cleaning company so welcome to all of you i'm delighted let's go around the table Cathay red i'm going to put you on full screen speaker view take about three minutes condense your life but what we really want to know is about camino what is camino and What did it take for you to go walking 500 miles by yourself? Welcome, Cathay.
2: Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Wow. So I look at my life in like three acts. Act one, I was single for about 30 years. And during that time, I... uh, Got my BA degree in music. I play a little flute, piano, and guitar. And the trouble with saying that is then people always assume that I'm good at it. (laughs) It doesn't mean that. It just means I enjoyed it and I followed that passion, got that degree. Um, And also in those early years of my life, I lived a while in Guadalajara, Mexico. I just went. I spent seven months living with a family who didn't speak English. And that's how I learned Spanish. The best way to learn, just get in it and do it. And uh, so fast forward my act two, phase two of my life, I got married. Uh, My husband was a pastor and evangelist, and we traveled and worked together in the ministry. We spent a lot of time in Mexico. He had also lived in Guadalajara before I did. And uh, so it turns out we knew a lot of the same people before we married. And also during that time, um, my phase two, I started volunteering as an adult literacy tutor at a library. A year later, they hired me as the literacy coordinator, and that turned into a career I'm still involved in. I don't run adult literacy programs anymore, but I'm a consultant because I find I don't have the energy or drive to run a program myself anymore, but I still like telling people what to do and sitting back and watching <laughs> them do it and really enjoy watching them grow and finding their way and finding the love for the program like I like I love it. It's just wonderful work.
1: Thank you, Cathay. And I have to tell you, I read a little bit of your book today before the show, and you are a delightful writer. Your, your writing is so from the heart, describing your husband's passing, which I know must have been extremely painful for you. Bill, I think we're hearing you turn pages there we can
3: no, no can,
1: somebody's we, we, turning paid no no you no can, not you
3: hear anything.
1: <laughs> i hear everything on these earbuds more than my engineer andrew could hear i had to say it this is live reality radio i have to tell you and, and i am watching us live on facebook we did make it to the live stream cathay uh very very interesting and, and we'll delve more into your journey and and what it took to prepare for that walk for that pilgrimage and talk about pilgrimage so thank you so much Ruth Mendelson, you're up next. Ruth, full screen, talk to okay. us a little bit about it. I, I condensed everything I could into about 30 seconds, so <laughs> give, us, give us a little more, Ruth. Okay,
4: follow. wow, in three minutes. That's crazy. All right. Uh, my life is a series of the wrong things happening in the right way. So... That's how I got into music. That's how I ultimately started teaching at Berkeley. That's how I met Jane Goodall. That's how I started producing Jane Goodall. That's how I do the humanitarian work that I do with children in war zones. That's how I scored films. It's all a matter of just uh, mishaps, things, seemingly disastrously disastrous things happening, leading to uh, just a treasure hunt in a way that then led to uh, fulfillment of goals that I didn't even know I was seeking. So... That's less than three minutes. Ta-da.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a question for you, Ruth. I yeah. have found that little tiny peaks of light come through a window or a door in my life. And I have found that I have, considering myself very shy and not adventurous, or adventurous some, that might be the better word, I have pried open that window or that door and leaped in with both feet. And I think I'm on Correct. my seventh career. And I Cathay, I think this you relate to this as well. We just keep finding what we love to do, but it takes on different flavors, different colors, different patterns, different shapes. So that's why we're here talking about creativity. Ruth, thank you very much. We've got a lot more to hear from you. Oh, come on. Through. All right, Ruth, you know, I'm going to give you another minute because you really- <laughs> Give me that. No, come come um, on. What was it like working with Jane Goodall in a hotel Well, room? it's a-, it's
4: a Okay, all right. Well, Dr. Jane is how I call her. It's more how I met her that was insane. So I was, okay, I was opening in Geneva with the One Human Family Gospel Choir as a bass player that I tour with them internationally. They're amazing, amazing, amazing choir. And it's all about the unity of humanity and races coming together. So anyway, we were opening at the UN at a peace summit in Geneva. And my bass was lost between Geneva and Switzerland. So I got to the UN without my instrument. Then it finally came the morning we were supposed to open for this peace summit. The power went out on stage during our sound check. We had absolute so for those of you who don't know what, how important a sound check is for a musician, it's basically going on stage without any clothes on if you don't have a sound check. So then the power suddenly came on, there was mayhem. Everybody's running around the stage. There was a bass amp. <clears throat> that was on wheels that was provided to me uh, by the UN. And so now Dr. Jane is in the audience. And the night before, actually, because my base was lost, I took a later shuttle to my hotel. On that later shuttle, this is what I mean about the wrong thing going, things going wrong in the wrong, things going wrong, but in the right way. So because my base was lost, I took a a later shuttle and sat right next to Jane Goodall's assistant. And we had this great conversation about humanity, about service, which are things that have always really interested me, especially as an artist. And so anyway, there we are the next morning, power goes out, no sound check, mayhem on stage, we're up, we're we're supposed to be playing, and then all of a sudden, the power comes back on. Now, the amp that I was given was on wheels. So in all of the mayhem... So I just closed my eyes. I was like, I am too, I I can't, I can't think about this right now. I'm just going to close my eyes and just play. And I'm thinking as I'm playing, it's like, wow, this sound is so warm and so intimate. And we're at the UN. I mean, it's this enormous assembly hall. It's like, how did they get a sound so intimate? And I opened my eyes and in the mayhem, the amplifier had rolled in front of me and was facing me now as opposed to facing the audience. So I'm like on stage kicking the amp around trying. And then in the meantime, Jane Goodall's in the audience saying to to her assistant, who I happened to be sitting with the night before on the shuttle saying, who is that talking about me? And so that's how we, that was my introduction. I didn't know that Jane was watching all of this and, and, you know, seriously questioning my sanity at the time, but then, yeah. So then the next day when I actually met her and very geekishly went up to her like, oh, Dr. Goodall, I'm really, I really appreciate everything. You know, I was very geeked out. And she's like, oh, no, Ruth, I've heard all about you, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. And, oh, would you, uh, would you come with me to this workshop, which was life-changing. And this is way beyond three minutes. Bing. Okay, I'm done.
1: Wow. Wow! <laughs> the stories you can tell. Lady, that was really something. Thank you. It's, it's always interesting to hear how relationships how people, beshert, that's one of my people's words. It's beshert, means it's mm. it's meant to be. It's a kismet, yes. it's fate. And I have a feeling that we have another fate here with Anessa and Bill. So Anessa, why don't you give us some more of your story? Tell us a little bit about how you got into art and you can tell us a little bit about how you're he- you healed your lupus and what are these 15 techniques. So Anessa, you're up and then Bill, you'll follow her. Go ahead, Anessa. Um. Well, I was a a single mom of
5: two kids, and I accidentally changed the locks on the house one day, and that's how that (laughs) happened. And Accidentally. I was um, making my way through life, and more life kept coming, and more life kept coming, and more life kept coming, and eventually my body started breaking down. And diagnosis after diagnosis, finally they got to the fact that it was lupus. By that point, I was completely disabled and I wasn't able to work, and I love working. I have been dabbling in art since I was very, very young. It's art, singing, it's always been passions of mine that you just have to do. It's not a choice. I was working full-time, single mom of two kids, nice house in the suburb, and running a band in the evenings when everything Crashed down on me, and nobody had any answers. They had a bunch of pills. I got to a point where I was taking twenty-eight pills a day, Ooh, doing oh, IV treatments ow. twice a week, ow. and I was still able to get maybe thirty minutes of activity a day, and in pain. it Just I shouldn't have been that ill in my early forties. It was ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And then he decided we were going on an outing because I had to get out of the house and heaven did I need to get out of the house and we went to my very first ever museum the Denver Art Museum was doing an impressionist show and three and a half hours later we're walking to the car and he's like how do you feel and I had to stop and I had to think about it for a minute because it was so unnatural and unnormal and it was not what I had become used to at all I feel terrible and I can't wait to get laying down it <laughs> It wasn't that. It was, I don't feel bad. I just spent three and a half hours looking at art, going through a museum, and I don't feel bad. And there had to be something to that. And the desperation of having lost so much of my living okay. at that time made me think, there's something to this. And so I started looking at art a couple times a day. And then I started figuring out the techniques. There's color. There's color. There's shapes, there's artist techniques, there are placing yourself into the artwork virtually. Like you're running around and jumping off of different pieces of the artwork and sliding down other ones, (laughs) having a blast. And all of these are part of the looking techniques that are now in the program. It starts out slow because not everybody was given an art appreciation course. Mm
4: -hmm. And
5: so you start off with colors. And then you move to, what would your mom and dad think about this picture? (laughs) Just crazy things, but there are no wrong answers. Other programs out there, even ones where you don't have to get a brush wet, they tell you when you're wrong. You say, that's a cool color over there. And they say, oh, no, that's brown. And you're wrong, which sets off a fight or flight. And if you take all of the wrong out of there, it's just you. It's just the guided And then the meditation that you do twice a day. And you're right. If you want, green can be purple. If you want, stars can be shooting out of somebody's backside when it's a totally abstract. (laughs) It doesn't matter. And that is one of the things that really makes it work. And so now it's a program. And we're in the middle of the beta testings. Then we're writing the book. And using my artwork for the last seven years, I've been making it based upon the 15 different looking techniques. And that is it
1: www.abstractanessa.com. Anessa, thank you. You know, what amazes me about your story is that you allowed yourself to stop and say, wait a minute, I feel better. It wasn't, oh, yeah, I feel better. As Maybe somebody had some perfume or I had spaghetti for Weird. lunch. Yeah. You, you stopped and you said, wait a minute, I'm in a museum. <laughs> I feel better. What's <laughs> happening here? You processed it, and, and you cre- you allowed yourself to create a process that you didn't even expect you were having. That you didn't know what to do, and you allowed it to come in and mean something to you. And by the way, I will tell you that in some of my um, I use I used to do watercolors and. Uh, I take materials, bits and pieces of packaging and wrappers from things and and make collages. Uh But I started doing uh, paint pouring with acrylics about a year ago. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I think you'll all get a kick out of this. Things appear in my pictures that I never put there. Ruth knows. Exactly. And, yep. Yes. And I'll look and I'll say, wait a minute. Those are, that's a chorus on, uh, oh, Broadway opened uh-huh. again. Oh, oh, those, that's, <laughs> it's, there, there are people singing on one of my paintings. There were three elephants in a forest in one of my paintings and they're walking in this direction. I didn't put them there. I didn't invite them. Hey, you're there, putting there, in looking techniques too. Look at you go, girl. There is there stuff in my paintings that I didn't, huh? I, when you pour paint out of an egg carton and you swirl your canvas and you see where it goes and you say, wait a minute, have those elephants. Elephants get my goddamn painting. Well, hello, elephants. And you name them and you welcome them and then they're there. So I have things appear and I'm always shocked and amazed to see what showed up. I have three beautiful women in ball gowns at an opera walking into Lincoln Center. I didn't put them there. It's not even Lincoln Center. But you can see, I put it in an easel. I put a frame around. I stuck it in my window in my living room and, and the sunlight comes in in the afternoon from the porch and lights up the red in the gowns.
5: Oh, nice.
1: Sometimes nice. I think I'm losing it. Or sometimes I think I found my mind.
5: <laughs> it's well, that's, just, that's part of the looking techniques. I hide things in there as well. I love hiding crickets because you never expect a <laughs> cricket to be able to <laughs> sing and crickets sing. And I think the magic of that is just wonderful. So I hide things. And then, of course, I let things just happen so that those can happen while I'm creating the artwork as well.
1: Thank but, yeah, you. Big time
5: looking techniques
1: are wonderful. Thank you. Interesting. Bill, you're up. Talk to us a little more. Her, her.
3: Why? You,
1: you yeah. met, you met, you met, you yeah. met her when you were a singer. Tell us a little more about yes. your singing career. Um, why aren't you why Aren't you singing anymore, Bill?
3: I first started, well, because I became a caregiver. Okay. Um, you know, we were both singing at the same time in, in different bands. And then we got together uh, in, to the same band. And uh, a few years into that, boom, she falls sick. I've then become the caregiver. I can't do the band anymore because I have to take care of her. I don't have to take care of her. I get to take care of her. Let me rephrase that. (laughs) Um, uh, So in being the caregiver, we went through all these different things and finally found uh, the healing through art. So that's where we went with that. My creativity side has been there forever. (laughs) Since I was a young child, um, I just go into everything with passion, with not caring what other people think. I know that I can do it. I'm going to do it, whatever that may be, whether it goes from drawing a picture or singing a song or building a studio, whatever it takes. Uh, I'm, I'm just passionate about whatever I'm into.
1: That's a good way to be. That's a good way to live. And I'll tell you, not caring. I go to the supermarket dressed up in a, a, I always wear a black dress, but with a sparkly sweater sometimes and this red flower. Oh, it's here. I can can never see which way. It's (laughs) red here. And my little red drummer boots, my little suede drummer boots with the the little Mm -hmm. chunky heels. And I go in there and with a mask, when I was a sparkly mask, or a mask with a little heart on it. We still wear masks here in Durham when we go to the Mm -hmm. supermarket. And people stop me and they'll either say, oh, look at those cute boots, girl. You go. Or somebody will say to me, love the mask. Or I'll find somebody who has a a sparkly mask. I'll say hello. But what I get mostly is, look at you, how cute you are. Look how you're all dressed up. Nobody dressed us up at our supermarket. And do you think I care? I'm not doing it to get attention. It's just because it feels right to me. Ruth, can you you identify with just being yourself, right? Totally. Absolutely. Absolutely. we, We don't ask permission, right? Do you no. think there's a sign at the door that says nobody "No one Going to be waiting a
4: long time if you ask that one. <laughs> you know, yeah. so, right. yeah.
1: absolutely. And Ruth, I have a question for you. And, and Bill and Nessa, thank you so much. I'm so inspired by. All of you. That's why I do this show, just to find out. And people say, oh, can I come on your show? And I want to teach your audience 10 things about this and 10 things about that. And I say, it's somebody else's show, not my show, because we're just here to talk and just to mm-hmm. share. And it's the examples are how we live. The examples are who we are. What's in your heart, Ruth? What's in your heart? Anessa and Bill, you get to be a caregiver. You don't have exactly. to be Bill's. Thank you for saying it that way. I know Anessa appreciated, but I think we all picked up on that. And Kathy, you picked yourself up. You dusted yourself off and say, I'm going to go do this. For David, I'm doing this from my life. And you decided to do that. Uh, Ruth, I have a question for you. I've recently been more tuned in. I I watch a lot of serial mysteries. I'm watching Leverage now. I know from 2003, I I used to watch Hustle. I've seen so many shows. If you name it, I've seen it. MI5, and I don't know. uh, I I can't even name the shows I've watched in the past two years, and you all know why. The more episodes, the better. And I'm (laughs) so aware, Ruth, of the score. Yeah. Because if I hear, Oh, something dreamy is going to happen next. Or if I hear boom, 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 well, it's not Jaws, but I'll hear something and I'll say, <laughs> "Oh, something terrible is going to happen," or somebody's going to have a deep thought that's going to change the plot for the whole show. Ruth, do you score after the fact, after a documentary or a film is is filmed and recorded and edited, or are you part of designing? What's what's the process? I'd love to know. Tell me, okay. What,
4: all right. Um, how much time? I mean, I, that, that's an incredible, that can be really involved. But what I, okay, the short answer is, and it's a great question. Thank you. Um, the short answer is that film scoring, first of all, is a collaborative art form. It's You're working with the director to fulfill their vision of whatever the purpose of the story is. And so usually I get the film I get the footage once it's, quote, done, because oftentimes it's being recut until the nth hour. Um, Sometimes, though, I will get just the script before the film has been shot. And then based on... It it depends. That that was actually one of my first films was like that. There was a film called Another Honky Tonk Girl Says She Will. I mean, (laughs) this a long time ago, way back when. But do you remember River, River Phoenix, the actor... So his, he had a sister, Rainbow Harvest, that's her name, Right. and she starred in this film, and the director sent me the script, and based on the script, I wrote music that was in theory going to be coming out of the radio once the film was shot, and they liked the tunes so much that they actually changed the script so that the lead, so that Rainbow Harvest was actually singing to the radio, singing the lyrics that I wrote. Oh, Nice. So that can happen sometimes. It's, that's more rare. But basically what happens is I get the footage, and this is what I tell all my students. You you just you watch it 10 times, and it's ironic. You do not think music at all. You, you, you immerse yourself in the story and the inner life of the characters. Mm-hmm. Then once you're in the zone of mm-hmm. the, the spirit and the soul of the story and the characters, then you start to write.
1: I will tell you that I actually found it on IMDb when a beautiful country girl looks leaves her farm and baby behind to pursue a singing career in Nashville. Her naive <sighs> dreams of stardom descend into a perverse nightmare. It's oh, just, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Go ahead.
4: Can I just share, there's This is something that's really interesting about film scoring. And I, I haven't thought about this in, like, forever. Okay that nightmare at the very end of the film it's really well shot so she's looking rainbow harvest i mean she's this young woman she's looking at herself in the mirror blue light and she's just slowly taking her makeup off after a gig that's all she's doing okay and she's realizing like i've just become my mother which was her nightmare
1: And, you know, there's a commercial now on TV, uh, on network TV, where uh, it's one of the insurance companies, and they say, if you're starting to be like your... Your parent? Have yes. you seen that, Anessa? Uh-huh. And and they're in an airport. And one of the men goes up to the desk. He says, "Can you tell us exactly when section two on the plane is going to be boarding?" And the, the clerk says, "Yes, in two hours and fifty eight minutes." And then another woman sitting in the in the in the lobby, the waiting area, to get on the plane. And a, a man goes by with his was wheelie cart. And he goes by rushing, and she says. He should have left the house earlier. And the insurance man says, see, you're, and then. uh, And don't buy those because I've made snacks here. I'm ready to go. Her husband (laughs) wants to buy a snack in one of the coffee shops. And she says, I have all of these snacks. And then the insurance guy comes and grabs it away and says, no, you don't. Thank you very much, Ruth. That's very, very interesting. Thank you for sharing. Go ahead, Ruth. Can I just,
4: just one, that, that, so the cue for that scene, a cue is just a piece of music for a scene. Okay, it had to be really tense because she's realizing the mistakes that, that, that she is, the path that she is now on is absolutely the wrong direction to go in. And it was just silence. There was nothing, and the, the, it, needed, it needed some music there. I rewrote that scene, uh, I, I mean, at least seven different times and what it all got down to was one note for three mm. minutes one note, that was it. Because that was what held the tension. And the violinist, it was one note, it was an E of, you know, a a major to anybody, uh, major 10th above middle C. So it was just this E, like if you looked at the staff paper, Mm -hmm. it was just footballs on a page, just tied. It was just one note And and the musicians looked at me like, what are you, you know, talk about like, you can't wait for approval because I looked like a jerk to these musicians. It's like, what you call yourself a composer. This is one note for 24 million trillion bars. Who are you? Right? But it was the dynamics, like how to just add just a slight bit of (sighs) rosin on the bow with every stroke when she was taking off her makeup. It really worked. Because in life, like sometimes that's the most that's the most tense thing if nothing moves. That's what creates
1: tension. If there's stagnation, that's tension, right? Yep. Ruth, interesting. When I was studying improv, we learned that it's not, okay, everybody in the room got to say something or create something, and it's my turn. It's when does the room need you? When does the the conversation, the dialogue, the scene, when does it need something you can go? Oh, well, Ruth went and Vanessa went and Cathay went. When is it my turn? You don't do that in improv. It's when are you needed? When is the, you can contribute some kind of energy. And that's what, that one note. That one, one note. note. Was one all note. that it needed. And you knew that because you're so brilliant. There you go. Guess what? Guess what? I want to move on to our quotes. Everybody sent me opening quotes, and I want to make sure I honor all of you because I appreciate (laughs) the the time you put into getting ready for the show. We could talk for hours. We know that. I only have a one hour show tonight. So, Cathay Retta has sent us a quote from Man of La Mancha Man of La Mancha, 1965 musical with a book by Dale Wasserman, music by Mitch Lee, and lyrics by Joe Darien. I didn't know any of that. Adapted from Wasserman's non musical 1959 teleplay, Don Quixote, which in turn, was in turn inspired by Miguel de Cervantes and his 17th century novel Don Quixote. And here's the quote. When life seems lunatic, who knows where madness lies? Perhaps to be too practical is madness. To surrender dreams, this may be madness. To seek treasure where there is only trash, too much sanity may be madness. And madness of all, to see life as it is and not as it should be. Cathay, that was. I hope I did justice to that. That was lovely. So was why don't helpful. you tell us just yeah. a, a minute or two why you picked that and what that has to do with creativity.
2: Kathy? I just love it. I, You know, I heard it many years ago and it really stuck in my mind. And I think we're all creators. We are all creative and we have the ability to create, but so often we don't because we instead choose to become practical And we just kind of shut down that creative trail, but it's there within us. And, uh, you know, and the dreams that we give up on. And sometimes we don't even take time to realize and know what those dreams are. And that's a lot of what happened with me, I think throughout my life and just had this shell put over. And so while I was on that pilgrimage in Spain, that began to crack open and got to know myself a little better. And uh, maybe I'm a late bloomer in coming into this learning, you don't have to ask permission for everything instead of trying to conform. I'm just now coming into that to be bold, to be myself and to look at life create it what I want it to be and not just accept what has been or assume Uh, What will be, you know, it's in my control and I'm creative and I'll create it. Love it. Love
1: it. Very, very nice. Thank you, Ruth. You have picked a quote from, Field of Dreams, Shoeless Joe Jackson, played by Ray Liotta, or Liotta, depending on what part of New York you're from. Field of Dreams, 1989, American sports fantasy drama film. I love the way they take all those genres and they mash them together, all those things. It used to be just a drama, just now it's a sports fantasy drama film. And let's see, adapting (laughs) W.P. Kinsella's 1982 novel, Shoeless Joe, starring Kevin Costner as a farmer who builds a baseball field in his cornfield that attracts the ghosts. Uh, baseball legends, including Shoeless Joe Jackson and the Chicago Black Sox. Okay, so here is the quote very specifically. If you build it, he will come. Ruth, talk to me about how you picked this quote. We love it.
4: Okay. And, and since we're quoting composers, that was a James Horner score. Okay. Awesome. Um, I chose that quote because I, that's so much of my life experience that it's based on faith. You, you can't wait for, you can't wait to know how it's going to turn out. You can't, you, you, there's um, unseen miracles that don't appear until your foot's already over the, over the ledge.
1: Until your foot is already over the ledge. Talk to me about that for a second. What does that mean?
4: Well, okay, here's, here's one experience um, that, that's, that's like a literal uh, we're, uh, okay. My brother was dying of AIDS and he asked me to write him some music. And so Steve was a prolific visual artist and he w- he actually was an illustrator for Art Buchwald. And uh, wow. yeah, he was hired at 18 years old to, to go to the Washington Post in there. And then they <laughs> switched him though from political illustration to the food section. And at the time, um, I don't know if this is going to piss anybody off, but at the time Reagan was in office and he said, drawing Reagan or a head of broccoli, what's the difference? <laughs> so he wasn't exactly <laughs> a Reagan fan. <laughs> but anyway, I hope that doesn't offend
1: anybody. So No, it didn't offend anybody. Go ahead. All right,
4: cool. All right, so anyway, but so Steve Steve was like, he always listened to classical music when he would draw. And so when he asked me to write him something when he was dying, everything I was writing was just like this dirge. Because it was I was writing for me. I was writing to just get out how I was feeling, but it wasn't really for him. So I was like, no, he needs, I need to just wait till the idea comes to write something that would really be good for his spirit. And I got this idea. Okay, I was going to take, there's a piece of music called Pictures in an Exhibition by Mazorsky. And so I was going to write the spoof. Okay, Pictures of an Exhibitionist, Portraits of Steve, that was my brother. And like all of these musicians from all over the city came to play on this, to record this for him. But I was missing, there was one par- portion where I needed contrabass clarinet, contrabass bassoon, and, tu- and contrabass tuba. I mean, because there was this one portion in the in the spoof where I needed it to sound like moving furniture, like <laughs> And so like those instruments are the only things that would do it. I couldn't find them anywhere. And so this clarinetist who was a friend of mine said, you know, if you write it, they will come.
3: (laughs) It was 11,
4: it was 1130 the night before the session. And I said, okay, I'm just going to write these parts out. This was before they had computerized printouts of scores and stuff like that. So I'm writing these parts out. Bam, 1155, the the phone started ringing. By 1230, I had everybody.
1: Wow. Thank you.
4: so magical.
1: It, it is, and sometimes some people call it karma, some people say what goes around comes around, and some people just say, wow, or the law of attraction, we've heard that too. You put out the vibes to the universe and it comes back to you, you just never know. I love it mm-hmm. when those synchronicities happen, when those surprises happen, when the universe brings you what you need. And that's always a good thing. Let's go on. Thank you so much. Anessa Morrison has sent us a quote from the Tanya Tucker song. Uh, Tanya Tucker, by the way, American country music singer and songwriter writer first hit, Delta, Delta, Dawn. 90, sorry to butcher that. 1972 at the age of a mere 13. Lizzie and the Rain Man, I think, is a song you're quoting here. It's yes. a song written by Kenny O'Dell and Larry Henley, which was a number one country and Western hit for Tanya Tucker in 1975. And here's the quote Anessa has picked. Step back non-believers or the rain will never come. Wow. What in the world does that mean? Go ahead, Anessa. Well, the whole
5: song is about a rainmaker back in the twenties where they used to travel from town to town and and beat on their drums and do all sorts of dancing around and featherweight Promise the farmers that they would bring rain during the Dust Bowl times. And it's a A matter of being brought up as a woman in my era. I'm 53 Mm -hmm. and I like being 53, so I don't bother about it. And in my era, a woman was taught to be something different than what the women are being taught that they can be in this era. And so every time I was told that I couldn't be doing something, I would think, uh-uh, uh-uh, step back. I'll show you (laughs) what I can be doing here. And when I heard this song, I just knew it was my mantra. Step back, non-believers, oh, the rain will never come. Someone stop that fire burning, somebody beat the drum. Folks might say I'm crazy for making all these claims, but I swear before this day is over, you folks are going to see some rain.
1: Wow. I did not expect that. Thank you. Bill said she'll sing, and you kept... Let's have a little, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, a little round oh, of applause for Anessa. That I got was. I it, I did it too. Makes that me was. When I sing it, <laughs> you didn't tell me. You didn't tell me you were going to sing. I love it. Thank you so much. This is what – you did. well, that's what happens. When I, when I get quotes from songs on my business radio shows under my other broadcast name, I do my best not to sing because it's just not really good. But anyway, you okay. sometimes you, you just have to do it, right? And Bill yes. Morrison has sent us a famous, famous, famous quote from the movie Forrest Gump, 1994 American Comedy Drama. I like the way the hyphen it, comedy – Dash drama. If it was the other way around, drama, comedy, it would be a dramedy. See, they made one word, but oh, yeah. comedy, <laughs> drama, deserves two words, directed by Robert Zemeckis, of course, written by Eric Roth, based on the 1986 novel of the same name by Winston Groom, of course, stars Tom Hanks and Robin Wright and Gary Sinise and Mike Kelty Williamson and Sally F- I didn't know Sally Field was in that. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. you all know what you all know what Far Scump is about, and here's the quote, and we all know it by heart. My mama always said, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get, Bill. Bill, relate this to creativity for us. I think we know, but I want to hear your words. Go ahead, Bill Morrison.
3: I live every moment of life because every moment gives you the opportunity to be creative. It will put things in front of you that allows you to be creative. You just have to see it. And if you don't taste all the chocolate in the box, how can you be creative? Because you might miss something. You might miss an opportunity. So live in the moment. And not worry about tomorrow, not worry about yesterday, but live in the moment so that you catch all those pieces of chocolate.
1: Oh, I'm trying to give up chocolate, but thank you for the thought. I appreciate that very much. I made the, the foray. <laughs> into TikTok about three months ago. I was just curious. What were people doing? And I was so impressed with these 15 or 30 or 45 second little vignettes and the audio was good. Ruth, everybody's talking clearly and the videos are good and they're editing and you see somebody baking something that's a four-hour baking process and they condense it into 32 seconds with music and a clear voiceover and it's lovely. It changed my way of eating. It changed my way of shopping. It changed my diet. I didn't lose weight but I enjoy my food a lot more so we'll just leave it at that. Anyway, Just amazing to me. I don't know even why I brought that up. Anyway, let's go on and talk. We have uh, 14 minutes left. Listen, I'm entitled to let the ebb and flow of creativity come through my veins as well. Let's talk a little more about people who are creative. I'm going to run through a list of happy birthdays today. And I have a feeling some of you know most of them. And some of you, like me, have only heard of about a third of them. And I'm scrolling up. And then we're going to do the national holidays that you've never heard of. So. Sam Waterston turns 81. Come on. Is there anybody better than Sam Waterston? Anybody watch Grace and Frankie like I do and consume it? I don't like the way it's going in the past season or so, but still, Sam Waterston, absolutely the best. 81. Happy birthday, Sam. Beverly D'Angelo is 70. Oh, my. Mm. I won't say how that relates to my age. Singer, Petula Clark. I'm going to do it. I'm going to commit the crime. Downtown, downtown. She's 89? Really? Seriously? Wow. wow! 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 Happy birthday! A lot of candles. How about Joanna Barnes, the actress? She was in The Parent Trap. Anybody remember that? Haley Mills playing twins of divorced. Yes, and they met each other. Eighty-seven. Uh, the wow. singer Anna Fried Linkstad in Abba is seventy-six today. Which is, one was she? I don't know. It just says Abba the singer Annie A N N I dash F R I D Annie Fried. She was the blonde one. Okay, well, oh,
3: <laughs> <happy> br-
2: <laughs> well,
1: if she wasn't a redhead, then she could have been anything. Uh, let Bob Gunton, who was in 24 on TV, and he was in the Shawshank Redemption. He's seventy five, seventy six. 76 also. Maybe he's the Abba Singer's brother. I don't know. Kevin Eubanks. Band leader, remember Jay Leno, the Tonight Show? He's 64. Comedian Judy Gold, 59. There's a rapper, I always like some of these people from genres that I'm not familiar with. A rapper named E-40, E40. Have you ever heard of him, Ruth?
4: I've E-40? heard of him, but I don't know his I, I don't know his music.
1: That's perfectly all right. He's 54. I didn't know rappers got that old. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really, it's my show. I can say that. I, I told you I used, to do, I used to do stand-up. Now I just no. try not to be funny sitting down. Uh, after, Johnny Lee Miller, who doesn't have the H in Johnny. He's elementary. He's 49. I couldn't stand that show. For, that's a Sherlock Holmes show. Remember? Jo- elementary with, um uh, who is it with? Uh, I can't remember her name. Anyway, I just found them very annoying. I couldn't watch it. I have to give some drummer birthdays, even though I don't know who they are, drummer David Carr of Third Day is 47 happy birthday. And his drummer brother, who he probably has nothing to do with, is Jesse Sandoval of the Shins. Ruth, have you ever heard of the Shins?
4: The Shins? I honestly no.
1: Well, they're both 47, and they're both drummers, so happy birthday to them. Happy
4: birthday, you guys.
1: Sean yeah. Murray. Sean, anybody know who Sean Murray is off the top? Well, he's Special Agent Tim McGee on NCIS. Come on. Okay. And did you know that that uh, Mark Harmon, his boat blew up, and he's off in the boonie somewhere, and they've turned it over to Gary Cole, who is on so many shows. I don't know how he keeps his part straight. He's the, the husband of Diane, right, on The Good Fight, played by... Um, Christine Baranski. He was the dad on uh, Fam, which didn't make it a sitcom last year. He is on Blackish or Mixed-ish, one of those shows. As the anyway, you got to see it. And now he is the the new star of NCIS. Gary yeah. Cole, God bless you. Whenever your birthday is, we'll we'll send you something. And rapper B O B is 33. Okay. And Shailene Woodley, who is in, she won a Emmy, a nomination for A Big Little Lies, and she is doing a lot of TV work and movies. Let me go, quickly go through the holidays. We've got 10 minutes left, and then we'll just chat for a minute. You can all give your websites. Today is Monday. Oh my goodness. It's National Drummer Day. I'm going to go bup, 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 for myself, Drummer Day. It's National Recycling Day. It's National Raisin Bran Cereal Day. Ruth, when was the last what? time you had Raisin Ooh. Bran? Yes. Ruth, do you eat Raisin what? Bran?
4: Uh it's been a while but I ha- I had happy some the other night. Happy Raisin Bran Day everyone. Happy raisin I- brand I forgot day.
1: to eat dinner so I had raisin bread. Anessa, do you eat raisin bran? Can you eat that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I put bananas and 1% milk on it and a little bit of sugar or honey. Sugar. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know. It's doctored. It's the adult version. No, I didn't say yeah. put rum. I put you, uh, Cathay, do you eat raisin bread?
2: I had some yesterday for breakfast. What?
1: There you go. And it's also clean out your fridge day. Well, that's where I um, keep the raisin bread. Is
2: that really a holiday?
4: Clean These out are, your fridge day? I'm Honey, so these, the,
1: there is a special <laughs> calendar called National Holidays, and you won't believe the holidays I'm going to read to you. So put your seatbelt on, Ruth Mendelson. I'm you're in for a, <laughs> a shot. <laughs> it's also Steve Crocodile Hunter Irwin Day from the Australia Zoo, and it's also National Odd Socks Day. How many of you have your socks stolen in the dryer? Is that still uh-huh. a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Once mm-hmm. in a while, one sock but shows up only in the way other You got to
5: get your sock puppets.
1: Yeah, that's there. You go that in the buttons that disappear. Yeah, we all know that tomorrow, Tuesday, November sixteenth. This, Anessa, you peaked. Anessa, tomorrow is oh. National Button Day.
3: She
1: did. <laughs> <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's not the word I was going to use. It's also National Entrepreneur Entrepreneurs Day, and it's National okay, Fast them. Food yeah. Fast Food Day. No matter whether, whether you make it fast, you eat it fast, or you buy it fast. Wednesday is Take a Hike Day. It's, oh, here's an important day. Wednesday, the 17th of November is National Unfriend Day. Can you unfriend people still without them knowing about it? Does anybody know? Because they used to say nobody would know, but I think they do.
5: I think they do. I think
1: they do, too. So Unfriend Day. It's also Homemade Bread Day. And more than that, it's National Baklava Day. I haven't had that
4: in years. There's a National Baklava Day? That's crazy. Ruth, okay, you haven't
1: lived until you've this calendar. I not It's
4: a good thing I'm on this, you know, I'm, I, hey. Go,
1: if, go look up national holidays. For goodness sake, Thursday <laughs> is National <laughs> Princess Day. I don't know who we're talking. Megan doesn't want to be anymore. Maybe she wasn't. It's Apple Cider Day. It's National Vichyssoise Day. I think it's supposed to be cold. It's Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse's birthdays. Yay! <laughs> Mickey <laughs> Mouse, Minnie Mouse. And it's the Great American Smokeout I didn't have time to look that up, but I don't know whether that means you put your meat on the smoker in the backyard or whether you stop oh. smoking or whether you start smoking. I don't really know what I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. Friday is national. We're all going to do this. It's Play Monopoly Day. Can we all get together and do a virtual? How would we do a virtual Absolutely. monopoly? Yeah. It's yes. also, what am I up to Friday? I'm up to Women's Entrepreneurship Day. So that means if uh, Entrepreneurship Day was the day before, but it's Women's Entrepreneurship Day on Friday. Now I have a shocker for you. It's World Toilet Day. (laughs) I don't know whether you're supposed to go or not. My busiest
3: day of the year.
0: (laughs)
1: That's right. That's that's right. That's right. It's also here's something for something to encourage people to make that your busiest day, Bill. It's also National Carbonated Beverage with Caffeine Day.
3: Oh, that cleans out toilets really well
1: ruins the porcelain i hear okay saturday the 20th is national peanut butter fudge day Woohoo! i haven't tried that yet it's national pay back your parents day does anybody still owe uh, 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 depends. No. Well, well i think we're we're all at the age we're a little bit past that but it might be yeah. might be for our kids to pay us back
3: <laughs> okay
1: it i'm going to be emailing them that address i i think, think you should it's also national absurdity day Woohoo!
2: <laughs> that's why the other
1: holidays don't matter and it's name your pc day ruth does your pc or your mac have a name actually no
4: i've never i've never named my gear
1: you've got to on the 20th saturday cathay okay want, it'll be I'm a new go, thing i'm gonna go what what cathay what would you name your pc does it have a name already It doesn't have a name. I'm going to find one real quick. Okay. When we close the show, I'm going to ask you what your name. Anessa's looking at me like, is she serious? Am I supposed to do that? Yes, you are. Anessa, do you have a name for your PC or your Mac? Um, I'm going to call it Wilbur from now on. I like that. Bill? Zizu. uh, Zizou. Okay, Ruthie, what would you name yours? (laughs) Akashic. Ooh, I like that. Cathay? Make something up, kid. (laughs) Gloria, because it's a glorious
2: instrument. Gloria, and
1: I'm going to name mine (laughs) Lucy, because I used to... Not
2: Lucille.
1: Not but Lucille. Lucy. Nope. Nope. BBK. Yes. And by the way, my new little band is putting together a repertoire. We call ourselves Blueberry Jam. And the reason is that I live on a street called Bloomsbury Manor. So we made up Blueberry Jam because we're jamming. And we each contributed a couple of songs. And I threw into the pot, into the mix, "The Thrill Is Gone," which I like that swampy. real. Yeah, I like that swamp. I don't know who's gonna sing it yet. And I threw in "Miss You" by the Stones, which I just love. When I used to play at open mics before COVID in the local carry. Uh, Carrie Durham area. Some of my standard songs are Mustang Sally, Miss You, uh, Taking Care of Business, Old Time Rock and Roll, and uh, The Thrill is Gone. And I'll tell you, when I do, uh, uh, Ruth, if I go up on stage, I say, okay, my first song is going to be Mustang Sally. I get about nine musicians running up on stage. I take the drums and everybody wants to play. We -hmm. get the whole place singing Ride, Sally, Ride. It is a Party. Everybody's That's doing awesome. ballads. Oh, my mom's on the beach and she lost her shoes and this is a sad day. And they're going, oh, and I'm going, rod Sally, run. And I'm bouncing up and down on the drums. And everybody is singing. I, I had 70 people singing and almost dancing in their chairs last time I did a couple months ago. So I like party songs. Anyway, thrill is gone. So Lucy is mine. So we still have a couple of more holidays. Sunday, the 21st is National Gingerbread Cookie Day because it's almost time for gingerbread. I think, although it's almost pumpkin day. National stuffing day is the 21st getting ready. It's world. Hello day. Everybody on the count of three say hello world. One, two, three. Hello Hello, world. world. There you go. It's also world television day. I don't know whether you're supposed to watch it, buy it, break it, take it for a walk. I don't know what you do. And next Monday, because I'm not going to be on the air until seven o'clock Eastern. It's national cranberry relish day. And it's National Love Your Freckles Day. Does anybody admit to having freckles here? I do. When they have the little race thing on
5: forums, I just put polka dot from now on. (laughs) I'm not going to be part of any of them anymore. (laughs) I'm just going to be polka dot. (laughs)
1: I like that. I like that a lot. I have to tell my computer my name. I have so many. One of them will be Lucy. Maybe Desi will be another one. Let's go around the table. We've got about three minutes left. I have so enjoyed speaking to all of you. You're one of the liveliest groups I've had. And I get some really lively guests here on the show. So let's go around the table. Since I went to the Morrisons last, I'm going to start with you. Website where you want people to go say it slowly and tell us where the dots and the dashes go. And
5: I would like people to go to an email healing through art at gmail.com. If you would like to be part of the beta test on the healing through art program, because we are accepting people right now for a month worth of free program. Give us your opinions. Let us fix some bugs. Otherwise, www.abstractanessa.com
1: to buy art. And that's, Abstract Anessa, dot com. Exactly. Correct. Yes, I love well. Listen, okay. thank mm-hmm. you. Bill, do you have your own or are we working with her website? Just working with hers. Okay, Cathay Retta, where do we go to find information on you and your book?
2: It is at my name. It's com.
1: Thank you very much. Lovely and Ruth Mendelson, do you want people to find you?
2: Ah, <laughs> uh, sure. Hey everybody, I'm right here. Okay.
4: Website. So, okay. So, and also I wrote a book. If I if I if I may. And Yes. Da, da, yes. Da, 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 da. Here it is. I this is I well, okay. My website is Where www we On Amazon. Thank but but you. my website is www.ruthmendelson, no H, it's slimline, M-E-N-D-E-L-S-O-N.com. So ruthmendelson.com, all one word. Thank you. And there's uh, uh, information about the, the film work, the humanitarian work, the author work, the everything, da-da-da-da-da. And this is, this is a labor of love, and this is really something it's from, fabulous. It's fabulous. from the heart. Uh, Jane Goodall mm. wrote the foreword. It's called The Water Tree Way. It has its own website, thewatertreeway.com, all one word, and it's on Amazon.
1: Thank you, Ruth. So, I started reading the book, and it's lovely. And I can't wait to hear about Jay and the Leaf. We'll leave, we'll leave that one alone. Everybody, so it's time much. for me to close. Thank you. Don't go away. I'm going to take some pictures when we're done. Uh, cool. My group, please, here. So here's my closing remarks. Here are my marks. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Well, maybe. Kiss slowly. It's the only way. Trust me. Love truly. (laughs) Laugh uncontrollably. (laughs) Never, ever regret anything that made you smile. And here's the final word. Work like you don't need the money. Nobody really cares if you do. Just try to enjoy it and make something happen for you out of it. Dance like no one's watching. And when I was teaching dancing on the top of a table... I have to qualify that in a in a cafeteria in, in a in a cafe cafeteria in a high school in, in near Eugene, Oregon, in high heels teaching line dancing disco about thirty four years ago. Believe me, everybody <laughs> was watching me. Okay, yeah, we'll leave that one alone. Sing like nobody's listening. If I'm singing, don't listen. If Anessa's singing, definitely listen. And love like you've never been hurt, because let me tell you, we all know, the heart will heal. Give it a chance, right, Cathay? Let your heart open up. Let you find new ways to love, love yourself, love people around you. Find somebody or something that will fill your heart with joy, because the heart will heal. And here's my final Final words of wisdom. Money talks, chocolate sings, last but not least. And I stole this from somebody years ago on another radio show. Thank you for turning me on. AKA Radio (laughs) Red saying, bye-bye. Bye, Bye Facebook. Bye, Voice America. Guests, don't go away. We're going to take some pictures. Thank you, Andrew, my engineer. We appreciate you. Bye. Andrew.
0: Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to radiored Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.